0: a look at that Roberts suggesting that uh, it was late and caught the player suggesting indeed it's inside the box Patrick Roberts continues to feed his oh, case.
1: oh and in communication with his assistant Sinclair That's my goodness. Stunning finish. Lee Griffiths, absolutely stunning finish. Griffiths once in feet. Wilson gets a touch, support from
0: Roberts. Here's McGregor again. Can't get that no. half-yard, yes he can.
1: Well, will enjoy that, I suggest.
0: Oh my goodness! It's episode twenty-two of the Grand Old Podcast. I am Hamish Carton. After the weekend that brought yet another derby victory, one-five, it finished at Eyebrooks, and it means that we have won five. Of the six meetings with Rangers this season In the spirit of last week's intro John
2: McGinley If you were one of the five goals From Saturday's (laughs) match What one would you be? Oh, that's a a really good question That you've just thrown me on I think If I could choose one That I could be It would be Michael Lustig's I think Um, Because you're a quality right back mm. Who just loves scalping. Absolutely And also I love putting my t-shirt
1: over my head So there's that Same question to you Paul Fisher Uh, I'll go for for Lee Griffith's strike Bit bit over the top bit out there And then just relax when it comes to it Just (laughs) celebrating in such a calm manner
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Um, well, we created a few waves, I think it's fair to say, last week with our possible negativity towards the, the death of the derby, yeah. as the podcast was was titled last week. So we're going to take a totally different view. I think we were even labelled as sports sound by someone. So um, <laughs> I think we'll take a totally different view this week and we'll be really positive about everything that happened on Saturday. What an incredible day, um, just from start to finish. Uh, amazing. We're going to talk about the, the funniest moments I think we're going to make a top 5 yeah. of the funniest moments I think a top 10 would probably work as well Because there was that many um, Maybe even touching the football as well And that kind of stuff So just kick us off Paul
1: Your your thoughts on Saturday And just how amazing it was, it, it was Saturday was It was brilliant We were all kind of on the same wavelength Not expecting a huge result like a, not, not, I don't think anyone was expecting a 5-1 Expecting it to be tight, expecting Rangers to come back as after the the, the, the semi final the cup. <laughs> but I was watching the game in mixed company for the first time in I don't know about 10, 15 years oh, maybe. You're kidding. And it, oh, it was such. dead. It was such a laugh though, because just every time something happened, you just got a bite <laughs> off two or three of them. Oh it, my it, god! It was so so good, and the fact that the goals just kept coming and coming, it was just oh, it was fantastic. it's just you couldn't have written a script for it. It was just brilliant
2: yeah i I think i I'm willing to say to that I was maybe a little bit hasty last week, um not in the sense of the the gulf between the two teams, but that was definitely the most enjoyable season of my uh, sorry, the most enjoyable weekend of the season so far for me um I thought it was hilarious from start to finish, yeah, it was one of those things I think that because I had lowered expectations, the way it turned out uh, made it much better in the end because uh, I wasn't really excited about the game like until about half an hour until kick-off and then it kind of mm. started for me but usually, obviously, it's usually days, isn't it? But So it was like yeah. that half an hour and then, like five minutes in it just became the funniest game of football I've ever seen in my whole life <laughs> uh, a, a record win at Ibrox, I think well, or just about, one of the biggest wins ever at Ibrox and, yeah, what can I say? I, I, I mean, I think, we're, I think we're maybe wrong I think we're maybe a little bit hasty <laughs> and saying that the daddy is dead, because um, that gave me an amazing feeling. Uh, and I don't think it would have been the same against any other team. So, there you go. Mm.
0: It was interesting, because I, I was thinking, kinda, as the game was going on, and after the game, when it was such, obviously such an incredible result, a result that probably none of us, well, have, I don't know if we ever thought, would see us absolutely hammering them 5-1 at bucks. But I was, thinking, I was thinking what my emotions were, and my main emotion wasn't shock. Yeah, and it's no, interesting. Yeah. I think it, it says a lot That's about true. this Celtic team and the gap between the teams and the fact that I was sitting there. And I was I was laughing my head off, probably like every other Celtic fan. And I had a big smile on my face from the moment Sinclair put his head <laughs> till full time yeah, whistle tackle. and hours after. But um, I, I wasn't actually thinking. I'm really surprised by the margin between the teams I was just thinking it was almost like thankfully we're finally doing this because I think over the last 10 years we've had so many chances I think back to the the final old firm game before they were liquidated Mm -hmm. we we could have done them by more the the cup game and it was finally although we beat them 5-1 earlier on in the season I felt it was a final moment where we really went look we're going to absolutely thump you and take away every single piece of um, encouragement you've had in the last couple of years or whatever. You know
2: what was maybe the best thing about it I think Tony Hamilton said this on, on Twitter mm. after the game, he said that all through the 90s, Celtic were never done like that at home, never yeah. never, ever ever, um, and I think that's important, I, I, I don't think I think people are maybe underestimating the pain that we are causing them, I know there's they're, they're, they're a basket case of the club they're, like, they're run by clowns, don't really know what they're doing they have no money uh, you know it 's everything like that, everything that isn 't to do with us. I understand that that 's funny, but the the pain that we 're causing them I think is even funnier mm. because it would be uh, we, we don 't need to, we didn 't need to go to ibrox and absolutely destroy them in the manner that we did, but we are we are the the team that remind them how bad they are and i i, I can 't put into words how happy that makes me mm. uh,
0: it was it was pretty incredible I want to say i mean the way We'll come on to the the discussion later on whether it is now like another game in the way that we we tore them apart, but there was something slightly surreal about the fact Mm. that we just went and... We we scored five, and I've heard people going, it could could have been eight and nine, and that's often something that's said after matches, but it could literally genuinely have been Sinclair's, 8 or 9 with the, yeah. the chances we missed. Sinclair, Sinclair missed yeah, two, sitters. two sitters. Um there's one in, in the first minute when McGregor plays in Griffiths for a tap
1: and mm-hmm. The goal um, disallowed but was which was onside as well. I will, I amazing. Easy could have been 8 mm-hmm. or 9 and it was, <laughs> it was just unbelievable the fact that we're sitting there thinking <laughs> could have scored 8 or 9 at Ibrox but we'll, we'll, we'll take 5, we're quite happy with that. Mm.
0: <laughs> Let's move on to our 5
1: then, our 5 mm-hmm. funniest moments from um, from Saturday. Do you want to kick us off with one, Paul? Yeah, well, I'm gonna. Um, I'll, I'll kick off with one. I know there's there's other ones that will come, and I think there's one that will be top of the list. But I'll, I'll kick off with uh, the with Lee Griffiths celebration at the corner mm-hmm. flag. I thought that's that was not even
2: on my list. I, I that's that a good was
1: brilliant. One. Um, just. It kind of epitomised everything that we were talking about last week, and the usual celebrations against Rangers are, are incredible scenes, and we're jumping about daft. And mm-hmm. the fact that he just done that—it's like, another mm-hmm. game, another goal here. But the way he done it was, it was such, it was such class. He was just standing there like, "That's just how easy it is, boys." <laughs> yeah, I thought it was great. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I, I did get that part of it, and I think with a couple of the celebrations, even Boyatas was quite keen. On, mm-hmm. Although he ran to the Celtic fans, he was quite calm, wasn't he? Maybe that's just in his his demeanour, but it kind of leads us on to an interesting point John because to to us fans this game is an absolutely massive game of course it is it's it's the biggest game we play domestically certainly but two players like Boyata Mm -hmm. and Sinkler who have
2: just arrived and they find Mm -hmm. it so easily is is it just another game to them? Oh no I think they come here with knowing that the reputation that the derby's got I'm I'm sure obviously I I don't know but I'm sure that that this fixture has a reputation with players around teams in Europe about teams who have played in it and then they pass on stories to so and so and so and so and um, I think they arrive knowing that these are the biggest games of the season and I think it's a genuinely what global derby I think I think that gets underplayed mm. a little bit I mean it does get broadcast in God knows how many countries um, and people love it and they love it because of uh, Occasions like like Saturday, uh, and yeah, the, you can see it the, the passion in most of the celebrations. I think about Lee Griffiths. Like I I, I I think we need to pay tribute here to Lee Griffiths in the sense that he that was his first start since uh, of twenty seventeen. Um, he had no right to turn up and put in that kind of performance. It was phenomenal. That goal was unbelievable. And I, I just yeah, Paul's right. His celebration was a touch of class and uh, brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, so we'll add that into the the list for now, John. Yeah. What was your first nomination? My number five was uh, Andy Halliday coming on at halftime. Two <laughs> 0 <laughs> <laughs> down. Rangers are two 0 down, and they're looking for some kind of attacking threat, maybe or, or something. I don't know. Is is him coming on at halftime damage limitation? Uh, but mm. Andy Halliday coming on at halftime when they are two 0 down, and um, that's that's number five for me. Mm. I mean, it's an interesting
0: one because and again I'm kind of going off in tangents as we mentioned these points and, mm-hmm. and the fact that maybe another team when they were they were 2-0 down at half time and I know it's a bit of a defensive sub, uh, sub but maybe another team like a lower team down in the league would have tried to pack the midfield more or mm-hmm. be more defensive mm-hmm. to try and mm-hmm. stop us going five do you think because it's <laughs> such a big derby that Rangers aren't capable that their fans don't let them do that yeah. and it maybe holds them back because they, they might not have got beaten 5-1 if they hadn't of kept attacking it yeah, well. I think long. that's
2: maybe what's funny about it. It's like he's brought in Andy Halliday to try and kind of act their threat, and then we were even better in the second half. Um, mm. Yeah, it's it's a strange one. I mean, it is, it is a move to, to kind of uh, combat our midfield, which again was just, I think it was maybe even better than last week. It was just phenomenal. Um, we were just literally elbowing people off the ball in a fair way. And pushing them aside, and I've never seen that kind of strength or determination in a Celtic team before. And mm. just uh, I can't believe it.
0: Yeah, my first nomination is a challenge by the left back, uh, Miles Bierman yeah. with the, mm. the challenge on, on Patrick Roberts. It is. Uh, I just I burst out laughing when I saw it. I was thinking, is that not is that not the worst defensive yeah. challenge i have yeah. ever seen? Yeah. Like, what is the need for it? Roberts is going away from goal. He's
1: in the box. I mean, can you imagine? Keane Tierney doing I know. that Paul well imagine if Tierney, Tierney did that we would be a up, bit uproar <laughs> and like this young guy coming into the team and he's coming in with a, a half decent reputation they've signed him and thought right oh, he's going to be decent and he does something like that he, I just be like phew. I honestly don't know how I would react if, if if he was a Celtic player doing that it's just it was hilarious though like yeah. I, 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 was, I when John Beaton didn't point to the penalty spot straight away I thought oh here we go but then after well, he did, he did
2: that thing we were calling
1: for, didn't he, Paul? Remember? We after Actually after that talk. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he talked to his assistant and changed his mind. Aye, and it, it was good because maybe his view, because where the challenge went in, from where he was standing, he maybe never had a great view of it, mm-hmm. and the assistant would have seen it as clear as day, that he was absolutely nowhere. He was about three yards away from the ball when he was coming in, and Roberts has played him absolutely like a fiddle to, to get that mm-hmm. challenge. And, and fair play to Roberts, but... Gee, that's bad. Bad defending. Mm,
0: it, I mean, it was just absolutely incredible, when you just do that thing where you're comparing it to, to our players, which is an easy thing to do at the moment. And you could just never have imagined, uh, imagined that. That obviously gave us the good start. Sinclair scores mm-hmm. the first. Griffiths, as we touched on, scores the second then does his nice wee celebration. We've seen the wee kind of, um, whatever they call him, the photo with the cigar in his mouth and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Fantastic. in the halfway line. Um, some unsavory scenes after that. Mm. Um, that. That was. I think that's part of my, my kind of next one is the, the fact like the Rangers fan on the pitch um, Meltdown, <laughs> beating the, beating the badge. <laughs> it was meltdowns. The word. Yeah. It was an absolute annihilation throughout the ninety minutes. I mean, the only way I can compare it um, to how we would feel is if the exact same happened. Oh, we were God. lower than them, and we got a five-one defeat. Home. Can you ima- I mean, oh. we've had some bad defeats. Yeah. We've had the four-two game and three-one, and they were hard. Can you imagine
2: five-one? Oh, nah, I would, I would second. I, I would maybe feel like running on the pitch too. Uh, but it was just. It was quite funny. And it was kinda of weird because um I was watching T V, Sky never showed it. Um but I've got access to photos so um just through my work. So I could see uh I, I went on and looked to see what had happened because I knew that the photographers would have taken it. And there's just this there's this mm. photo on there and the guy's got his belly hanging out with his T shirt up. <laughs> <I've> <laughs> oh, that. It was just the uh, end of me when I when I seen that. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Meltdown was a, a good. Is that your number four, Hamish?
0: I think it, it leads on to my number right. four, which is just the scarf in the park. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, about, about, about 65, not even 85 minutes, 65 minutes into the match. Uh, the camera, the sky camera, does pick up on it this time, and it's just a lonely range of scarf. That is, that's those are, that's the equivalent of the white hankies in Scotland, doesn't it? Yeah. It's the, kind of, the throwing in the towel, and it's a team the no surrender team isn't it and they surrendered big time and their support surrendered big time there was no fans there at the 90th minute um, I don't know if this is my, my whole point I think I'll narrow it down and be more specific and I'll go for the Rangers scarf on the yeah, pitch yeah, is,
2: it's is one of my points um, so the good thing about that shot as well is that the camera's shaking like Ibrox is totally shaken because Celtic fans are gone mental and uh, mm. Yeah, the scarf's just there, and it's a load. It's a lonely picture. I we we put that up on Twitter. We've had loads of funny comments, like people saying like that scarf uh, would defend better than beermen and all this nonsense. So that was that's good part. What well, what's your number four, Paul?
1: Um, I went for uh, another celebration for for Lustig this time. Um, mm-hmm. No, no, the fact he's flung the 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 shirt over his head it's his wee run that he does after that yeah the wee, the wee dance <laughs> and the fact that he's the, the goal as well into that oh, it's just unbelievable it was Mikel uh-huh. McCourt um, out of nowhere know. and the the whole fact that a, a right back's doing that to, to their best defenders absolutely ripping them to shreds goalkeeper's nowhere near it and then you can just celebrate that in front of the fans they're all heading for the exit and and we're having a big party at the, in their turf brilliant yeah, well, my number four was Miles Beaman's tackle, so um, we've discussed
2: that. Um, I'll go on to number three then. I think we've all done number four, so my number three was Pedro Kashinia calling for the 10 second drill <laughs> before kickoff, and then uh, Rangers getting nowhere near a Celtic player for the whole ninety minutes. I think I think they were closing us down. They were closing us down for five minutes up until the goal. But my point here is just how funny it was—the body language and uh, the the way that the Rangers players gave up. They they absolutely gave up. If you see some of the footage back, and you see uh, like Josh Windass, and you see his body language, he's just not interested at all, and he's just he he knows that they're in for a beat, and he knows that they're just getting bodied all over the pitch. And I thought that was uh, It's hilarious because I've never seen that from a Rangers team. at Ibrox as bad as they've ever been, and the performances that put in over the years, I've never seen a Rangers team give up five minutes into a game, especially when their managers mm. called for like this kind of. High tempo, closing down style of play, and this kind of aggressive, aggressive off the ball play, and then for them to give up five minutes, then I thought that was that was pretty hilarious. Yeah, I mean the whole, as I said, the whole
0: surrendering of the, the Rangers yeah. team and the, the it was incredible to watch when when you compare it to to, to prior sides. And I mean, as much as we we can love to hate these teams, I've got no real hatred for this team because they're just so easy to play against, and there's not really any players that you, you can't stand. I mean, I used to not like Garner, but now I just laugh at him. Yeah. Uh, I think he, he was another second half sub wasn't he that just mm. came on to try and that's salvage the game and I don't really know what he did to be honest um, I mean keep, keep them coming guys I'm sure there's the, I mean the, the Simeonovic in the room will we call it that <laughs> and will we, we just go for that one Well we? that's number one for me I've got a few yeah. more uh,
2: well, what about you Paul have You got, have you got a couple more
1: Yeah the the Kenny Miller video that they done the rounds yesterday on our, our Twitter account. Um, <laughs> I, I I've I've watched it maybe four or five times yeah. right, and I just cannot get enough of it. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, so it's,
2: that was Bonfigli on the on the huddle board that made that. It wasn't us. Um, just just to make it clear, but yeah. he, he gave us permission to put up on our Twitter because he doesn't have a Twitter account. Um, and I said you should get that up because that's going to go mental. Um, and just so happened that it did. Yeah,
0: I mean, it was it was absolutely amazing. Just that challenge in general. Um, absolutely scalded Kenny Miller. Kenny Miller's probably still flying through the air somewhere. Um, the whole outrage, Andy Walker comments are probably quite a funny moment as well, aren't they? The fact he was going on about the two-footed challenge and the fact that it could have been a, a booking or, or something else. That, that was
2: just incredible to me. We'll come on to that in a, in a minute because I think that will be the winner. and yeah, um, I've got an, the, the other ones... Yeah. yeah, on you go, John. I've got one that's uh, Kenny Miller getting straight-armed by Scott Brown. <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> Yeah, you, you spotted that one but it was kind of like yeah, just Scott, Scott Brown doing uh, his kind of dark arts captain thing where he he goes right up to the line where you shouldn't cross and he goes right up to it and he stands on the line but he doesn't go over the line and he was backing mm. into Kenny Miller and he didn't elbow him he didn't mean to elbow him but he knew he was there and he didn't he didn't he didn't move uh, and he, he put his arm right into Miller's face and uh, obviously I, I was in hysterics at that I thought that was class when Scott Brown Uh, to do that in a manner that isn't illegal, but still really funny to see Kenny Miller lying on the ground. Not the only time he was lying on the ground as well. I think Scott Brown's performance in general could... I don't know if it qualifies
0: as a funny moment, but I think just in terms of the way he played, the way he bossed strangers again... Mm -hmm. Um he's just he's absolutely bodied Rangers this whole season, hasn't he? After all the stuff last year. Um remember the days when Halliday was meant to be better than him and <laughs> Joey Barton was meant to be better than them? They've both basically vacated um Ibrooks pretty much in Halliday's case. Um, Scott Brown is the king of Ibrooks, to be honest the way, the way I see it, the way he played, and probably for a funny moment, the way he comes off the the park. Yeah, that's um, and he's is yeah. kinda I don't even know what you call it, kinda cheek of the shard yeah. it's almost like, it's like oh, he knows exactly. what he's done yeah. yeah yeah, easy easy I wondered if he was getting abused from the ranger support at first yeah. when he was doing that yeah. but I think he was maybe just um, he just kind of knew that it would be coming I think they were beyond that point Um, at at that moment Um, I think his his huddle as well is probably a point we should touch on because that was that was brilliant passion and it's something it's one of the kind of unheard things or unseen things as a Celtic supporter you you always want to know what goes on
2: inside that huddle and you very rarely see it and that whoever took that footage was was incredible footage it's good it's good because you've never uh, yeah it's like a glimpse into the Celtic huddle that I've never ever ever seen and the the huddle's been going on for you know 20 odd years so uh, fair play to, to Sky or whoever whoever got the shot um, mm. And I really enjoyed seeing that the passion that's in Scott Brown, as we've noted, is incredible. And we we we, we played we went over with overboard with our praise of Scott Brown last week because it was fully justified for the season he's had and um, just his contribution the last decade. What can we say? He's like that. He's made mm. for occasions like this. He's the ultimate Derby captain. I don't think we've ever had a captain who thrives on on this Derby more than Scott Brown does. And I think that. It's so
1: important to to us mm. What
2: do you think he was saying,
1: Paul? I, I, I really don't want to put words to what he was saying, but you know, he, he's pointing at every player and he's saying, "This game's not like he, said something along the get lines of we know we've won the league, we've beat them every time we've played them, just about, and we hammered mm. them last week." We, but this game is big for the fans. Do it for the fans. Mm. Show what we can do and and stamp our domination on on this derby and. The, the players reacted, and, and we've seen how they reacted. It, it was brilliant. So, he must have really got them fired up. And as John said, it's it, it amazing to see that because the, the way they've the, the positioned the camera is just is spot on. Just to see him, mm. nobody else's really faces are involved. Yeah, he's it's just Brown. Scott Brown, just pure Celtic, the way it's coming through. And it, it, it's amazing to see.
0: It was almost the only kind of point in the game where he looked agitated or. I don't know what, what the right word is but the fact that he looked really motivated the rest of the match he was just breezing it wasn't he like it was it was fantastic to see
1: it was absolutely brilliant um, Paul you get you got another one and we still got more to run yeah well I, I, I feel like I'm stealing this one off John because he was the one that spotted it it's the, the video just- that was doing the round so the, the dog <laughs> 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 is it Martin Wakon as a dog um, yeah I, it's amazing I can't remember what the Twitter account was but I've watched it a few times now, and it, oh, it's just so, so it. It's so mm. accurate as well. Um,
0: Paint pe- pe- the picture then, what
1: happens? <laughs> so imagine you've got on well, running down the line, and he does all that stuff that like he did last week, um, like a pure calamity. You've got know, this dog, and he's waiting for the ball to be thrown, and it goes behind him, and then he runs in the opposite direction. It's just like, <laughs> just spot on. Um, an awful, awful football player, and a dog that. That dog could be blind for all we know, and it's, it's chasing the ball with, with its sense of smell, and he's he's like. <laughs> trying to act on instinct that he doesn't have it's just fantastic
0: yeah maybe a fitting representation of ways foddering him as well because he's not very good uh, coming up high and collecting things he's uh, as, as we saw for, uh, for the Derdrick Boyata goal yeah. has that made anyone's
2: list the fact that Derdrick uh, Boyata scored oh that <laughs> well, that's fantastic like, he does pop up with a goal now and then to be fair to him but that, that was really I loved that moment I thought that was great um, Obviously, the, I think the Lustig moment probably was my favourite in terms of players, but Seamboi had to pop up, up and do that. You've seen him kind of, there was like an opening. I think, uh, you know, Doogie Analysis on Twitter does those videos of of mm-hmm. uh, analysing the game. And there was an opening, and in the, in the uh, defensive back line for, for Ranger I think it was Joe Garner, maybe step forward. And you see Dedrick Boyata just go right into it, you know, just like spring, springing out the traps right through this gap um, in, fr- in front of the defensive line to get there first. And it was pretty, pretty good from, from him, to be fair. But you're right, you're foddering him. <laughs> we said last week he's rubbish at crosses, he's rubbish at distribution. <laughs> and then he showed that again on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other
0: ones I had the Celtic fans singing Joey Garner. We've got Joey Garner <laughs> uh, as a potential one. The Celtic fans are a, a kind of theme of a few of mine, They're applauding um, every single Rangers player um, or every sub. Every announcement of the Rangers team before the game there's a good video on YouTube from the Rangers end, um, and you just hear the cheers when the Rangers team's read out, and yeah. they're all from the Celtic end. There's just complete I've apathy.
2: i um, The Rangers end, and um, you is go as the stewards put in men on the post to stop Lee Griffiths tagging <laughs> <God. God>. scattering. <laughs> he sticks in the penalty yeah. spot. Oh dear.
0: I think I saw somewhere that someone saying that that was basically the best marking the <laughs> place all day from, from someone Rangers affiliated at Ibrox oh, I cute. mean it was couldn't stop the guy coming on the pitch
2: but they stopped Lee Griffiths tying a scarf in the post I'm not sure about that
0: it's almost that old classic oh they're not tying their colour star oh. place are they I mean we beat them 5-1 yeah. um, the job's pretty
1: much done Paul, any others? We got an honorable mention for Tom Miller on Rangers TV. He opened the show. He's he's absolutely fantastic. uh, We're just waiting in anticipation of the commentary coming out when when we play (laughs) the. It's part of the old firm ritual, uh, isn't it? uh, This season it seems to be all right, we'll win the game, we'll score loads of goals, we'll watch the highlights, there'll be some funny videos (laughs) doing the rounds, and then it comes the 1990. And his his patter is just <laughs> it's chronically bad. It's, it's the, the the one on it'd be four uh. challenge, four, the five from Stuart Armstrong from the first yeah. game of the season. Um and, and I think towards I think to the end, um when Lustig scored, I think he's just that's him, he's given up. He's like oh it's a great goal from, from Lustig. <laughs> it just cuts the, away. The funniest uh, I think is maybe the ones from the one from last week where
2: he uh he can't believe it as a, a, the penalty's been given for oh, uh, Tavenier's uh, tackle on 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 Lee Griffiths, and he can't believe it. He, he thinks it's the worst decision he's ever seen in his life because <laughs> uh, obviously he's not seen the replay yet. But I thought that was that. Was, a shout out <laughs> to him it must be rubbish being him yeah. on these days because he knows that not only is his team getting harsh but he's going to get dragged all over social media for about three or four months after any result that happens
0: yeah it must not be the best job um, on, a, on a deal like that for Tom Miller but um, yeah as you say it's part of the, the, the Celtic Rangers kind of tradition now is you're, you're waiting after we thump them or even just beat them on some occasions uh, you're waiting for what is it usually about half a day 12 hours after the game and um, so there must be some Celtic fans subscribed to Rangers TV well
2: it's the same guy it's the at VLR who, who, do, who does the videos so I think everyone was tweeting him all day like where are you are you coming home are you still out and I think he was uh, maybe at the game or something and I I just going by his timeline and uh, I waited until like after midnight, I think it came up because he he got home and then I think the first thing he did was just go on and get the video for people. But yeah, fair play to him. He, he's the one who does the videos, so shout out to him. Right. Well, we tackle it like Jozo tackled it. Mm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? It's the best tackle I've ever ever seen in, in my <laughs> whole life. I agree.
1: What a, what a challenge.
2: It's amazing. It's it's absolutely amazing. It's
0: it's one of those ones, he comes out of nowhere. Um, So quickly. He must be be threatening the the kind of land speed record at at the rate he was going. He was absolutely flying. And just the biggest leg ever comes, the strongest leg ever. And um, I must admit, the the first time I saw it, it was clear he took the ball, but I wondered if he was, with the home pressure and all that, if, if John Beaton was going to maybe... I don't know, you've you've seen stranger things happen yeah. in old uh, and yeah. Celtic Rangers matches before. But I mean when you see the replay afterwards it is is incredible the 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 quality the challenge. I think it summed up the whole day, the fact that Celtic defenders weren't miss timing anything. No. Um I don't think we gave many fills away. They were all really solid challenges and that, that tackle, just Kenny Miller as I say, warping through the air. Um it's amazing. What more can we say? It's and, amazing. I
2: mean, this is born social media chat, right? But we had the video of the taco, right? And we were uploading. I was uploading it to Facebook, and when you upload it to Facebook uh, videos, they give you stills to to do like the the what it was going <laughs> to look like to people. And every single still on that one, <laughs> other players went a blur, but Josasimunovic was a blur in every single one. Like That's so <laughs> how fast he's going, um, and. As, yeah it is the best tackle I'm going on record it's the best tackle I've ever seen and possibly will ever see and I, I don't care who who wants to come at Wien with another tackle it's not going to be that one for me personally not physically actually no. come at another tackle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, but if you want to raise
0: the point of another tackle to join that would be brilliant yeah. how long before Jozo's going to get he becomes a regular chant
1: on the Celtic oh. terraces Paul oh, I, th- I think if it's not already it should be the, um, that video Like just to, to hat back to me and say I was watching the game in mixed company I made some sort of high pitched screech when that tackle went in <laughs> and then I burst into laughter with the reaction of the four or five guys around me, shouting the odds and um, a few swear words came out and, and then I was like, we went to and see a replay and then the replay comes in and it was like that was, uh, was an amazing challenge and the four of them just kind of there was a big breath of uh, nothing to say here and they all sat back down back slumped into their seats, <laughs> it was phenomenal and the fact that everybody thought like, I, I think at first glance you, you see it you think holy, sh- holy shit, he's, he's went through him there and then you see it back and you think that, that's The best challenge there's there's ever been, and I'm with you there, John. It's uh, uh, watching that challenge, it's just that's the dominance that Celtic have over (laughs) Rangers uh, personified in in 10 seconds.
0: Yeah, it it almost summed up the the, kind of the season, didn't it? And the dominance, it was (laughs) just Celtic were so (laughs) strong, they were so good, they were so well timed,
2: and they they came out on top, and and Rangers were flying. Fair fair play to Kenny Miller, right? Because I think he's went into it to try and get more out of it than, than he did. He's kind of, he's jumped and kind of jumped into Yozo, I think, or something to to try and get, um, perhaps get a foul or something. Um, Mm. And he made the tackle look much more dramatic and funny than it probably (laughs) would have been uh, otherwise and fair play to John Beaton by the way because I thought he had a decent game So, So we've been been slagging off refs for weeks on this podcast so uh, fair play to him for having a a good 90 minutes not making any blatantly stupid decisions and the decisions that he he did make were big ones and he made all of them correctly I think unless I'm, I'm missing something
0: no, I think, I think you're spot on I think John Beaton was, was spot on as well The only thing I can think of that would have made The, the Jozo tackle even better Would have been if we'd have scored From, from the kind of attack that, Oh yeah, from obviously yeah. Griffiths mm-hmm. Hits the bar uh, And then somehow Sinclair It's a pretty simple chance for him Just hit the target and you probably score It's kind of one you'd probably I don't know, seven or eight times out of ten He'd put in the back of the net um, That would have just been amazing But that, that just summed up That was almost the moment where um, It all kind of all the Rangers fans realise we're getting we're getting nothing today even yeah. our last hope which is yeah. often the referee um, is was well, given us nothing because it was such a good tackle I think the one that followed slightly on from that was, was the tackle from Windass on who was it, the, was it Paddy Roberts or Armstrong or someone like that he got a booking for it, oh, yeah. and there was a bit of a, a set two after it, and that just again oh, yeah. summed up Rangers mm. just completely throw, throwing the toys out of the pram. The only bit of fight they showed that day, uh, and I think Scott Brown came over to all the Celtic players and told them all just to get away. Yeah, I mean Scott Brown years ago when he first joined us would be in there and being aggressive and whatever. He showed the real captain sign. And he was saying to them all, "Look, stay away. There's no point getting into anything here. We're we're already two up."
2: That that's that's because he knows, isn't it? That, I mean, that's what I was saying last week. He knows that you don't like to to be an old uh, to be a derby player, like uh, uh, to be a dominant derby player. It's all about winning. The fans don't. The, and the the tackles are funny and all that's funny, right? And 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 seeing you know a Rangers playing go high in the air is is such a laugh. And, and I'm I'm sure that that a Celtic player going high in the air is a laugh for for Rangers sport as well I'm sure they were all celebrating that Andy Halliday tackle on Roberts last week but Scott Brown knows it's all about winning and he knows that I mean there's that that famous photo where he kind of points to the the scoreboard at Hampden in the game a few years ago um, and just Points down and laughs and, and, and he knows it's all about winning, he knows it's, at the end of the day it's all about it's all about the scoreline and he thrives on, on being the the winner at the end of these occasions and yeah, you're right, that's that sums up in that wee instant.
0: Yeah, will we crown a winner then we'll crown a top five in terms mm. of our, our favourite moments? Um It's a good list here. I think, I think Tom Miller's probably got to be in there somewhere just for yeah, the, the, kind of maybe number the, five The, the outpouring of, of Celtic joy that, that he kind of, produced and With his fantastic commentary of the game Yeah, we'll give him number five then Scott Brown probably has to be in there somewhere And the, the way he
1: just dominated
2: Yeah, the, the Ibrox walk-off um, Yeah Yeah, I would have that with number four, what do you think, Paul?
1: Yeah, that, sound, that sounds about right Brown um, contributed so much to the game So only fair to give him his place
2: top three I think we all
1: know a number one yeah uh, number one I think maybe number three is maybe Beerman's Challenge that's amazing <laughs> yeah I think the scarf needs to go in there as well that that was it was a lot to do with the game and a lot of folk had a, a, a good laugh at that one straight away so f-
2: five is the five. Top Tom Miller, Miller and four is the Scott Brown walk off uh, three is the Beerman Challenge two is the scarf
0: Mhm.
2: Yeah. And, and number one is number one is Yozo Seminovich, Eater of souls. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic.
0: Uh, a couple other things we'll touch on in terms of of the match itself. We've kind of done them maybe yeah. already in a roundabout way. The goals. Asked you kind of cheekily uh, at the start in terms of your,
1: what goal would you be? What was your what what goal did you celebrate most, Paul? Um, I, I probably celebrated Callum McGregor's goal most. Just for the, mm. the sheer calamity of the Rangers defence McGregor made, made a hash it, Passed it to them and it came back off the shin of, of one of the defenders He managed to hesitate twice before Actually finding the, the back of the net through the legs of Tavernier um, It was another moment Of, of madness from their defence And uh, the reaction of McGregor Showing that last weekend Wasn't a one off and he made up for the kind of, a Couple of half chances he'd had earlier on in the game And the one he should have probably Passed to Griffiths in the first minute or the first two minutes so I, I was I was delighted at that but each and every one of the goals had had something to them and they were all all celebrated in um, a, a fine fashion in front of many Rangers fans. Mm. They were very different the goals John weren't
2: they? Yeah they were and they were all good in their own way I think the one I celebrated most was Lee Griffiths' because I knew that yeah. that, was, that was it for me that was going to be that's the day done and we're going to romp we're going to romp it here and the way that he finished that, I know the I know the keeper was a little bit low on it, but I mean the the chat and the commentary was that the keeper should have saved it, but I think that shot's too powerful. I mean the keeper maybe could've got something to it, but I mm-hmm. that that shot deserves to to ping in the back of the net, um, for me. And I really enjoyed it because I'm a big fan of Lee Griffiths and there's, it's been a tough season for him but he's got on and done his job and I know that there's been question marks over his fitness etc but to come back in the derby and score a goal of that calibre and put in a performance of that calibre caliber, when you've not had a start in a game for three months I think is quite quite actually underrated I think that's a, a, he, he did a great job and so that was my fa- I think my, my favourite goal though was Michael Lustig I don't think you can deny how good that was and uh, Jesus I mean he, he he comes in he takes the ball and then he shimmies around another player and curls it into the mm. bottom corner when he, he probably should have passed the ball there was a man free on his left hand yeah, side Forrest was Forrest, free yeah. and he would have been one on one but he's, he's come in and he's, he, he fancies it and fair play to him he doesn't <laughs> score many goals and it's probably a dream come true for him we know how much he loves being at the club we know how much he loves these fixtures and for him to score a goal like that Put the, the the strip over his head and dance in front of the broom I think is it's just <laughs> phenomenal. It's crazy. It's so good. Dreams come true. Yeah.
0: It was amazing. I, I loved every single one of the goals. I mean e- even the penalty I think was fantastic, yeah. the fact that Sinclair was it, was it Dougie analysis again yeah, Sam, that Sinclair yeah. takes all of his penalties to the left and it's almost as if Foddering perhaps knew it mm-hmm. coming so close mm-hmm. to the one last week and Sinclair just waits for him to move and slots it into the corner there's players in the past that you'd be worried about in front of that that vocal at the start of the game as they were at now, now Rangers support about taking a penalty in front of them. Sinclair wasn't one. You were never worried no. that Sinclair wasn't going to put that in the net and, and he put it away. So I, I liked that one as well. Yeah. I really did like that one. But, but the Lee Griffiths one for me was, was absolutely brilliant. Um, top performers, if we each pick out one player then and one player only
1: um, to, to highlight, then we'll, we'll go that way. You start off, Paul. Uh, Scott Brown, again. Um, Captain Fantastic did it last week in the semi final, um absolutely bossed the midfield and he, there's maybe been two or three games this season where he hasn't done it. Um you come to expect it now and if he doesn't have a, a good game then you're disappointed off the back of the stuff that he might have been missing the game, getting the winning the appeal coming back through and, and walking off with a swagger that um Conor McGregor would be proud of to <laughs> to, to, to get to just to show right, this is my this is our um game, this is our derby and, and we're the best team. And he's the one that personifies it from the start, from the, the, the huddle, and then right throughout the game, and then to walking off. Um, he, mm-hmm. he, he was, he was brilliant. Mm-hmm.
0: My one My player I'm picking up on Is Stuart Armstrong I mm. think I've, I've actually I've not heard much About him At the weekend I, I think Stuart Armstrong Every time I see him I've never met a player That impresses me so much On a consistent basis Doing such a tough role That he does Which is basically Linking What the midfield And the attack that, That's basically Stuart Armstrong's Kind of role Is the fact that he'll, he'll break the lines He'll go beyond Attackers and um, But he can also defend okay, bo- Typical box to box Midfielder really but with real quality, mm-hmm. and for me, you saw him up against a lot of a lot of the Rangers players who have been talked up um, as a, a Hindman. Mm-hmm. Um, the fella's name, the boy from Bournemouth, who, mm-hmm. who's been talked up big time, I and mean, not just up here, but down south. He's he's seen as one of the, the bright um, the bright sparks. of I think it's America. He's from. Um, their kind of future football and Stuart Armstrong was just so much better than yeah. him at the weekend. He was he's so much quicker. Um, his stronger. first touch is brilliant. He, he's stronger. That I think that's a real added aspect to his game over the last um, six months that that hasn't been noticed uh, as much as as other things. His pace is absolutely fantastic as well. He finds the the final ball so often. Um, I've, again at the start of the season I wouldn't have seen a future for Stuart Armstrong even when he came on and I keep talking about it that Man City game the 3-0 game when he comes on and he looked out of his depth now he's is, he is just so good he is so good and I had so much confidence in him in the Champions League group stage
2: next season yeah. um, Stuart Armstrong is just so so good my one, I think, would be remiss not to to mention him is Patrick Roberts. I thought he was absolutely fantastic once again, uh, mm. and for the second week in a row, kind of just showed them up, really, didn't he? Uh, mm. He won won the penalty, gave them a torrid time all day, um, set up McGregor for his goal, and I just thought, you know, this this boy's class, and it is a shame that he's not going to be here next season. And I, I wish him all the best, and I hope he does well. I'm going to fondly remember him and I'm going to really watch his career with interest because I think he's a, yes. a good guy I think he's worked hard when he's here I think he's, there's been spells when he's out of the team and he's worked hard to get back into the team. He's not always been first pick this season but in the big games he's showed up and he's done he's done everything that we could have hoped for for from a loan signing and more um, and it's been 18 months of, of pleasure to, to have him at the club and uh, wish him well for the future
0: yeah I think we all echo echo those thoughts and, and the way he played he was just absolutely fantastic he twists and turns mm-hmm. so I think I've seen a player twisting and turning so much and in my time following Celtic he's absolutely fantastic I know a kind of aspect that you quite like to touch on because kind of the way
2: your mind works Paul you quite like symmetry <laughs> and, and <laughs> things like that and we certainly um, I need to yeah. say I need to say there's going to be a lot of people talking about symmetry over the next two months or next month and yes. I just want to say that Paul's been banging on about like this since about August Yes, <laughs> um, and it's just been going on and on about it um, so fair play to Paul um, on mm. and off air he's been talking about
1: Chelsea season so Paul take yeah, that away it's another one of these things like I, I have been buying on about it and it, it wasn't without uh, reason because we, no. we've seen the way that everything's happened um, the two finals are going to be Aberdeen we're going to beat them again without conceding a goal we beat Rangers at home and away 5-1 and we had hearts in the first day of the season we're going to have hearts in the last day of the season Scott Sinclair is going to score the winner and we 're all going to be happy um, i', I just don't under i 'm um, not done under egg everything um, that we we 've done this season, um, but it just seems to everything seems to be fitting into a perfect mirror mm. and, and it 's going to be great once we, we, we beat yeah. hearts in the last day of the season to win the the, the league um, left the league trophy and remain a, a full thirty eight games unbeaten mm.
0: The definition of symmetry is the quality of being made up of exactly similar parts facing each other or around an axis. We started our a- Season with a one 0 defeat to a team wearing red. Does that mean we'll finish it with a defeat to a team wearing red? Oh. <laughs> oh, don't say that,
1: Thanks. Man. Is that that final symmetry? Thanks, uh, Cheers. No, no, qualifiers don't don't count. <laughs> no. They don't count in the the symmetry. No, the symmetry world. started from hearts away in the first game of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting No, I I see your point
0: completely You have been going on about it since about um, I don't know, about November or something like that It's been incredible And uh, there will be a lot of people But the fact that we won 5-1 I saw a a real kind of An image that got me going a wee bit today On Twitter was I think it was the The fourth times we've beaten Rangers 5-1 That was doing the rounds And Mm -hmm. two of them were this
2: season Yeah Mm. Incredible That's crazy What a season it's been and continues to get better and uh, we underplayed how maybe we were going to be up for this one on Ibrox but um, in a way that's kind of a great end to the league season for me I know we've got games left and we've still got an unbeaten run and the games are important in their own way but that for me was just the cherry on top of an amazing season and we've went to Ibrox and we've just destroyed them in the best way possible Um, we've put our foot on their throat and they're not getting up again I don't think for a while so fair play to us mm.
0: Just thinking as well the way symmetry works we had a 2-2 draw in the Highlands the game after the 5-1 Rangers win in September and we had a 2-2 draw in the Highlands before the Rangers 5-1 win just there mm. so I mean it's, it's just the way the way symmetry works the way the Celtic world works at the moment another another question that we've, we've had in by I think a couple of, of people but it's a general point as well can you remember a more comfortable match ever uh, against Rangers past or present
2: No I think the, the first half last week was was on a level um, similar um, The but, goals just didn't show it I suppose Yeah the goals obviously didn't show it I think in terms of goals and just absolutely barring them from the first five minutes I don't think I've I've never felt more confident that we're going to win a game after five minutes than that one um, Yeah I was so relaxed the, the whole thing and the goals just kept pouring in um, it's, they definitely I know we we're saying like last week oh, our favourite games of the season it's definitely not going to be one against Rangers and we were given all that power but that's definitely the, by far the most fun I've had to watch in Celtic all season uh, and I don't care if it's against Rangers and the Derby etc uh, the performance is too good and too enjoyable not to say that
0: <laughs> this um, end of season award show is going to be incredible <laughs> yeah. because I'm all, all, right now I'm thinking of favourite game of the season and I've I've honestly, I mean, I know Saturday was amazing, but I've got so many other ones that I, I think could could top it. Like it's it's going to be it's going to be fantastic. There's going to be so many arguments. Yep. We're not going to be friends. There will be no podcast once we <laughs> with that episode. Um, yeah, Kieran Poland, uh, the first of the questions from from the listeners. He's asking if Novich and Boyata could be our centre back pairing for Europe. The general consensus, I think, previously on this show seems to be no. Um
1: but has Saturday changed anything, Paul? Uh, I I thought Bay yeah, was great on Saturday, but then I looked back and watched the highlights a couple of times more and he looked a bit all at sea when, when Miller scored. And and I don't know if that's been really pedantic in, in the performance and getting the goal and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But Semyonovich is is number one, he's in there. Um who's with him remains to be seen. I, I still still have my reservations on Bayat.
2: I think for me, I think he's earned the right to, to be there for, for the first few qualifiers, etc. And then we'll see how he gets on. I mean, we, we don't know how he'll get on in the qualifiers, do we? Um, if he's good in the, the first, second and the, and the playoff, um, then he maybe uh, he's earned the right to, to play in the group stages if he gets us there, you know. So um, I know we've, we've been hesitant to say that they're good enough for Europe in the past, but... I'm I'm just so happy right now that I'm happy to give Boyata the summer and see how he does in in those matches.
0: Yep, George just uh, is also back. He's asking if Scotland should call up Callum McGregor. Some big games coming up mm. for for Scotland. Um, my own opinion is 100 mm-hmm. percent certainly. I think Scotland don't exactly have a wealth um, of, of kind of talent in the midfield. It seems to be a kind of well said thing that Scotland's midfield is its strong point. But I think when you look at the way Stuart Armstrong. Um, improved it the way Scott Brown has improved it since he's come back into the Scotland fold I think Callum McGregor maybe not to start straight off but I would certainly have him in that squad I think if there was a player who was playing as well as he is for a team down south there would certainly be calls for it yeah. um, I think he, he was in the squad just when he kind of had his first breakthrough in the team when he scored all those goals away in Europe and I, I certainly think that he should be in with a shout in, in the next squad I, I mean, we know what Gordon Stakins like with his favourites,
1: but I think Callum McGregor could well and should well be in there. I agree. Yeah, no, 100%. Could, it would be Celtic versus England at hand. Ian Smith
0: Kenny Miller fan of the po- or friend of the podcast Kenny Miller um, <laughs> should he have been
2: booked I laughed out loud when I read this should he have been booked for his dive after Yozo's tackle uh, I mean the, the replays the, the replays the slow motion do make it look like he does dive didn't they but yeah I like that question I don't even know if we need to answer that. It. it's just a, no, it's a good, good question
0: on. fantastic from Ian Smith uh, PJam67 ambitions for next year question mark is this year a glimpse of the future or is it going to be
1: as good as it gets Paul oh. that's a hard one to answer um, that's a whole
2: podcast isn't
1: it aye I, I think briefly um, I, I don't see uh, the unbeaten run thing That that's is it, uh, maybe as good as it gets in terms of that I don't know if that will happen again but there's so much more that Celtic can do. I know we're we're one game away or ninety minutes away from a treble. But there's Europe to look at and there's the Champions League and getting as far as we can in that and and taking ourselves to to another level in terms of dominance and winning games and scoring goals and stuff like that. Um, ambitions for next year? Europe, Europe, last sixteen. Europe, i mm-hmm. um, A good run in the champ in the Europa League, maybe if we if we don't get through the the Champions League group stage but I think putting ourselves out there on the European stage more than we did this season with a Brendan Rogers side that he has moulded them. that that makes me really excited I think
0: it is it's Europe and I think everyone knows that Brendan Rogers in his first season let's be honest he wins the treble he's conquered domestic football mm-hmm. in season one now I realise that domestic football isn't something that ends it continues of course next season and seasons after and we, we may well have a stronger challenge um, for, from Aberdeen or Rangers or Hearts or even Hibs coming up in, in future seasons but I just think that the way it works domestic football will be taken care of as long as we continue to improve and you can't really improve in domestic football at the moment because we've not lost a game all season in domestic football, you can't really improve so I think improving as you look at European football um, you look at improving the areas last year not losing 7-0 to the biggest team in the group if we do get to the groups mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't take these qualifiers for granted no, uh, I think I think we all know what they're like, even this year we were Um, we were another Sadie Ankle mistake away from not making the group stage of the Champions League but I wouldn't as long as we get into the group stage next year I think in finishing the top three in the group I I think that would be improvement Um, and then we can take it from there we either get beaten probably in the last 16 of the Champions League um, because I think as good as we are I think there is a limit oh, yeah, to how course. good we can be mm-hmm. uh, and I don't think you'll see us in, in the last four or anything of the Champions League <laughs> anytime soon hopefully I'm wrong but I think the Europa League if we were to finish third in a group um, I think next year might be a year when you're maybe hoping if if we do get into the Champions League of course there's many things have to happen before then but I think the Europa League could well be a happy hunting ground for this current Celtic team okay. I've got that feeling mm-hmm. about them that they're good enough I agree I agree Good stuff. Anything to add, or are you just
2: agreeing? No, I'm just agreeing with all that. Yeah. <laughs> I think you know, Europe's the big thing for me, and, and third place in the group would be our, should be our ambition. Um, I think anything beyond that is living the dream. Um, and I think, you know, yeah, third in the You're right, third in the group. Yeah. Chris Henderson, was the 5 1 hammering at Ibrooks a one off,
0: or do we now expect to, to see it as often as the likes of St Johnson, Motherwell, Hearts, etc.? So basically, uh, I think what Chris is asking is, are they now just another team?
2: Well, I mean, obviously we went into this in detail last week. And I think we, I think the whole point of our podcast last week was potentially not that, I mean, we were playing up the Derby's Dead and all that, right? But the, the, the point was, the overriding point was that in terms of quality, they are absolutely just another team now. Um, there's mm. no doubt about it. And that performance, as you say, Hamish, you said it earlier in the podcast. It wasn't a surprise, and I could see that happening again. We've beat them five one twice this season. Um, it's always going to be one of those occasions where the Celtic players are motivated. I think, and obviously, I mean, there was that game at Celtic Park when it was one one. But for for like four uh, five games out of six, let's say, because that's what's happened this season. For five games out of six, we're going to be super motivated for the fixture. And I mm. think that's going to see us dish out more hammerings. And they they are, in terms of quality, they are St Johnston, they are Motherwell, they are Hearts. they are Aberdeen. I mean, we, have, we hammered Aberdeen this season too, don't forget, we beat them 4-0. So, um, 4-1. 4-1, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they are another team in terms of quality. In terms of the, the feeling that it gives us in the fixture, I think, um, well, Chris convers- converses with us a lot on Twitter. I think he would say as well that... In terms of the feeling that he gives it, the, the Derby still going to be like on a pedestal above other fixtures. But um, he's right. I do. Exp- I don't think it was a one-off because you know it wasn't, and we're going to see this more and more next season. Mm, I'd go along with that that completely. Um, is it Trotton CSC? Trutton,
0: or yeah, I think it's yeah. Chris Sutton uh, CSC. Oh, genius! Genius, <laughs> very good. Uh, Ronnie's signings and youth player debuts. Um, how they influence our, our club now? I think it was interesting looking at the the lineup that played, I think I'm right in saying it was just Sinclair who wasn't a who was a Brendan Rogers signing in yeah. um, the game on Saturday, yeah. was 10 players who had played last season and failed mm-hmm. um, in terms of they, they did win the league but they'd failed generally under Ronnie Dyler um, it's been a well talked about points we won't go into that too much mm-hmm. but um, youth player debuts, I mean what do we think about that, we're hoping to see some debuts that the youth players seem to be doing very nicely they're doing their own uh, beating the Rangers at the moment as well
2: Jack Aitchison looks a player I mean, I watched the youth cup final last week and he's, he looks up to the task to me he's knocking on the door mm. for me in terms of maybe getting a start at some point between now and the end of the season I'd like to see that and there's other players that have been out on loan that seem to be doing well for themselves so we'll we'll see won't we we'll see I think for the first time in a long time the the friendlies might actually be interesting this summer because there's a lot of players coming of age of kind of 19-20 where they've spent a lot of time in the development squad and they're kind of a little bit too old for that now so it's either they they make it at Celtic or they move on um, and I think maybe some of the friendlies this summer might... might Obviously, Rogers probably has, has been tracking their progress all season, but in terms of supporters, um, I think the the players that we see in friendly games in the summer may have a future in the first-team squad. And any that we don't, I think that'll be them moved on. Um, but just in terms of Ronnie Dyla, I mean, yeah. He, he, I mean, his, his sign-ins and giving, giving players like Tierney their, their chance at Celtic um, is potentially underrated. And I, I don't think... Ronnie Blair wasn't a bad manager for us, and I don't really like people who say otherwise. I mean, in the end, yes. it didn't quite go, but he won two he won two league titles with us. And I know league that up. the resources in the league make it um, quite uh, they make it, it makes it more likely that we're going to win the league than not, but we still need to do it, and it's just, it's not an easy task. We've seen in the past. I mean, imagine we'd had a Tony Mowbray season last season, um, we wouldn't have won, we potentially wouldn't have won the league against Aberdeen. So we need to give Ronnie Dyla's credit where it's due, um, and and obviously Brendan Rogers coming in and taking him to a next level. But fair play to Dyla mm. I think I think Ronnie Dial will have his moment when hopefully we secure the ten, yeah.
0: um, and we, and we get Neil Lennon, Ronnie Dial, and Brendan Rogers on the podcast for a, a kind of trio interview. <laughs> That'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? I mean, how fun would that be? <laughs> um, and yeah, John McGinley did use the word friendly and interesting yeah. um, in this in the same sentence as well. So maybe look out for your friendlies. This or well, next season, player of the player of the year awards um, last night took place. Um, the winner, the big winner, was Scott Sinclair. We'll touch on some of the other winners in mm-hmm. a wee minute, but um, I know it's maybe not necessarily your opinion, Paul, but I mean it's a, it's a worthy. Worthy award for him In terms of being the Is it the fans And the players
1: Player of the year Yeah I so saw The the fans won Voted um, by anybody by who, who Took the time to do So players Player of the year As well Which I think That, that one speaks More to me Than, than the fans won. The fans, one, um, fans will have Short memories And, and Scott Sinclair And he, he, the stuff Like maybe the, the game against Hearts to win The league And stuff like that Folk will remember That when when they were Voting And they won't Happen back to, to The start of the Season And there is Other players That maybe could have been involved and, and which is absolutely fine. But I think that he getting the two awards um was was, was good to see. Um no really su- any surprise in terms of across the board. I think we can all say that Scott Sinclair deserves that the, the accolades that he, he's getting because he's he's pretty good um and he's been pretty good for us scoring goals, scoring I think he's he's he's, he's almost uh, up until the weekend he was top scorer in the league until Boyce scored four in the one game. Yeah. Um When Dembele's having the season He's having to have that as well And I I may be being a wee bit over the top But he's got the chance to overtake Dembele In terms of of most goals of the season Because Dembele's on the Mm -hmm. sideline And he's he's still knocking them in So uh, fair play to Scott Sinclair He's been rejuvenised And watching him speak and say About how he's he's fell in love with the club And all that kind of stuff Is brilliant to see Um, He scores goals against Rangers all the time uh, And thoroughly deserves to be Our player of the year the players player of the year and um, I would imagine he will get as well the, the PFA player of the year.
0: Yes, Scott Sinclair of course the, the, the big award um, in terms of this podcast award will be dished out at the end of the season because we like mm. to do things properly but <laughs> you, can't ar- you can't argue with Scott Sinclair can you John?
2: No, and I, but I, can want, you? <laughs> I want to say as well like our end of the season awards will be personal to us so um, we might come to a different decision and the Scott, Scott Sinclair has been amazing but Um, we might come to a consensus on a different player who knows Um, it's personal to us and that'll reflect our views of Celtic as a podcast but Scott Sinclair is definitely a miss out, he's been so consistent this season which is possibly more surprising than his overall skill level because we knew he was a decent player but for him to put it together and have a season like he's had, full credit to him, full credit to Brendan Rodgers, yep definitely, hail hail. I think I think Musa Dembele was given the top scorer award wasn't he Yeah, they did.
0: which is yeah. It's baffling because the season's not I know, over like, I, mean, I, mean, I, I get the whole oh, it's, it's strange it's, it's the same argument every single year um, he also got the, the goal of the season award again team, um, we may yeah. well score a better one that was for the, the team one um, I think the whole team should have been out getting that one I everyone so, have yeah. touched the ball mm-hmm. that would have been a nice so, touch yeah. um, Kieran Tierney got young mm-hmm. um, player of the, the year or the season whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it um, the academy winner was was Jack H. I mean, he's, he's one you touched on just a second yeah. ago, um, and and he's he's one who we, we could well see um, very soon indeed. Uh, Kerry, Mon- Kerry Monters mm-hmm. was the winner of the the, the ladies, ladies yeah, the award um, for the women's team. The women's team, I believe, got a very good result as well. Yes, um, the other day when they beat um, Spartans. Spartans to get Spartans. into the final, yeah.
2: So they're into the league cup final. Um, there's the, the, just like the, the men's game. I think there's three trophies in the women's game. It's the league cup, the Scottish cup, and and obviously the league. And so they've they've managed to get into to the league cup final, where they're going to play Hebs. Um, Hibs Mm -hmm. beat Glasgow City that's a tough game I think Hibs are looking good this season Um, just in terms of results obviously I've not seen a full 90 minutes of Hibs play or anything but in terms of results they seem to be the team to beat in Scotland this season so that's going to be a good one Um, and the final is on the 21st of May I think Um, so I have a could look at a cracking week that yeah. one yeah, no, could be a good,
0: few celtic trophies crazy. getting lifted in that week yeah, I think yeah. um, fantastic well done to the women's team there um, Kerry Monters who got the the player of, of the year award for them well done to all the winners as well last night there's been a lot of them this season mm-hmm. as well um the development team what's going on there because i believe that um, as we speak there are matches happening at the moment i think you're my go to guy paul uh, in ross county with the help of a certain diver may well be
1: in the league Well it, it seems to be There's about 20 minutes as, as, as we record There's about 20 minutes Left in both games Hamilton are actually Beating Ross County um, but oh. Celtic are losing 2-1 To Kilmarnock So if oh. Celtic Can turn around They went 2-0 down If they can turn around If they can get another couple of goals It means that it goes down To the, the final game Which is uh, on Thursday Where Celtic Actually play Hamilton um, So if Celtic Can turn it around Get the win um, it means that they'll play against Hamilton And whoever wins that game will win the league And if they draw Ross County will win the league So it's very tight at the top of that one um, It's great to see um, It's like um, opening all mics <laughs> You could not write that script It's, it's fantastic, it's <laughs> fantastic. But, but Ross County needed one win from the last two games And they lost uh, last weekend And then they're getting beat again So it seems to be, a, be about a bottle Even though they have Alex Shaw <laughs> and the team Scoring goals Which um, I don't think that's very fair uh, the
2: way that they do but, that, but yeah, that's the nature of it, isn't it? I'm sure we've had overage players throughout the season and in, in the teams. I don't know if he's been brought in as a ringer for this one, for this one specifically, but. Um, That's just the nature of it, I think
1: Yeah, and and Rangers wallowing away in 7th place In that league, just to to point that out The future
0: is bright (laughs) For for Rangers, maybe not Um, The future may well be bright um, For Celtic, probably, judging on everything Mm. we spoke Over the last hour or so Um, Giovanni Troopi (laughs) If I press (laughs) that right, may well be in the future of Celtic as well. Is, that, um, is this one that's kind of, I mean, stating the obvious you love rumours, et cetera, et, cetera, et cetera, yeah, yeah. But um, is this one that's more than a
2: rumour? Oh, is it just I don't know. Rumor? I think it might just be paper talk. So the, the, this is the paper talk I've got for, for people this week who love a trashy transfer rumour. <laughs> um, he's 19 years old. He plays for Utrecht. Um, he's a right back so he would be competing with Michael Lustig and Christian Gamboa um, he's seen as a bright prospect for the future um, he's a Dutch yeah, youth international um, and he might be coming to Celtic apparently we've been planning a move for him um, to try and bolster the squad for UEFA Champions League um, but there's other teams in the running Mönchengladbach Eintracht Frankfurt teams like that so um, there's big the big names kind of being linked with him so I think he's a decent prospect I'm not sure if it's just a case of Maybe his agent planting these kind of stories, you know what it's like. Um, but he's been linked with teams all season because he's had a good season over there, so um, that's why at a young age he's got plenty of ap- appearances for the first team and a kind of similar way to Kieran Tierney. Um, obviously, yeah. I've never seen him play. There's another name this week too, and this kind of one kind of excited me a little bit more. It's a Red Star Belgrade goalkeeper called Philip Man Manojlovic. I don't know how to, I'm terrible with pronunciations. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a, a young goalkeeper, and apparently um, we were scouting a game earlier in the season between Red Star, Belgrade and Partizan, and apparently he was one of the, the players that were watching, and the daily records say that David Moss has been back over to see him, and I think when David Moss gets involved in these things, I think it means we're quite interested, and um, I think you'll remember, I don't know, that... Um, David Moss was the player who had a big role in Musa Dembele coming to the club. He scouted him in person a number of times. He got to know his, his representatives um, and chatted to them about the possibility of him coming to Scotland. And there was a piece in the, the Daily Record they had an interview with uh, Dembele's agent um, about the, the 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 way that he's coming to football and, and how they see the future. And he specifically mentioned David Moss as a massive part of why he signed for Celtic with the other part of that being Brendan Rodgers. So... Apparently, David Moss has been out to Belgrade to watch the keeper. Again, he's 21 years old and he already has a cap for Serbia, so um, it's one to watch. It would be good to sign a a young keeper, a a young up-and-coming keeper, to kind of give Craig Gordon a push in the the final stages of his career, and potentially see a kind of change in the guard. I think that would be fantastic. And as we know, we've got a cracking goalkeeping coach here, so um, I mean, the chances of this coming if we want might be quite high. So I thought that was an interesting Mm. one. Does the name of Video Popescu
0: mean anything to your, your transfer rumor uh, brain? He's come up over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, why is there something M- new? Romanian guy. Yeah. I, I read a wee bit about him earlier on in the week. Yeah. Uh, that we were, we were interested. in yeah. uh, and um, I don't know why I brought it up because I don't have much more information than that. But he plays for Steaua Bucharest. He's um, 23 years old, I believe. He's a uh, kind of that um, player we're looking for that will create all the chances because um, we're apparently not creating enough chances at the moment. Um, so he, he's one that's possibly talked to as well. He's one that can interest me. I watched her, some of his YouTube stuff. I think um, it was talked about that the price tag could be um, £8 million. I think he was compared to the boy Nikolai Stanchow or something right, like that who okay. left Stour and mm-hmm. was, was left for about £8 million. And basically the the president or the chairman whoever, or whoever it was was saying that it could be a similar price to get... Pescal, yeah. yeah You're saying he you could be a future 25 million pound yeah. player, so I mean, those are the kind of the figures that, that pique my interest when I see things like that. Um, I'm not quite as into my transfer rumours as you are. I think I, I quite like just seeing stuff, I like deadline day, but I quite like just seeing things when they're. They're finalising that kind of stuff, but I think there'll be lots and lots of chat over the next um, next while. So, Um, any other news or anything coming out of Celtic,
2: or is that that was it? It was just the the Youth Cup final. The the obviously the the under twenties lifted that, so that was a good occasion at Hamden last week. um, Enjoyed the game, and I I was impressed. not just by the quality of the performance but the work ethic and it was actually something replicated in the team on Sunday so I think it's, uh, Brendan Rodgers' ethos is dripping down into the development squad too and I, I, it's definitely something I noticed, the way that they close down teams the way that they keep playing until the very end of matches I mean they were, they were far ahead, they were, they were winning the game with five minutes left and they were still closing down every single ball and um, I think that was the thing that was most impressive for me we're
0: back with the Celtic alphabet this week. Seems like an age um, since the lamp lamppost was <laughs> brutally uh, left out of the running. Um, and yes, I was i was absolutely positively serious about that suggestion as well. Um, we're going to recap uh, the previous six letters, and I don't actually know them, Paul, so if you want to go through them quickly
1: <laughs> using your memory, right, yeah. um, I'll fling you right in the deep end. Thank you very much for that. Um, so A is A for old, for better old. B for Burns, Tommy Burns, C mm-hmm. for Caesar, mm-hmm. D for Demolition Derby, E for the European Cup and F for Sean Fallon. We're on to G. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Thanks very much, Paul. Um, this may well be one of the ones that doesn't uh, go to a vote. Of course, the, the late, yeah. great Tommy Gemmel, um a massive figure in the history mm-hmm. um, of Celtic Football Club and, and most notably in the time that we speak now, 50 years pretty much, 50 years now to the month. Um, since that great day in um, and, and Lisbon and, and Tommy Gemmel what can you say what an, an absolutely fantastic player um, f- for Celtic did so much at Celtic like all the Lisbon lines their, their kind of his self-trophy cabinet must have been absolutely yeah. incredible and he, he was one of the the 11 and one of that team um, that is our, our greatest team ever
2: and, yeah, a phenomenal player who kind of was, was, was spoken about that. I think if people really want us to, to uh, hear us talk about in depth about Tommy Gemmel, we did a podcast uh, a couple of months ago after his sad passing. Um, I think it was me and Paul on that yeah. one, and we talked about at length about Tommy Gemmell, some stories and some quotes. I think if you want to hear us go into depth on that, you should go back and check that out. But I think mm. he goes straight into the alphabet here because of... His phenomenal contribution to Celtic over the years and revolutionised the way that that fullbacks play in um, football in general. You know the way Jock utilised them was was revolutionary for its time, and uh, obviously the fruits of that came came in uh, in Lisbon. Uh, and uh, yeah, what a guy! I mean, he had a, a fantastic career. At us um, won the European Cup when you know he was actually quite young. I think he was only twenty two or twenty three and was, I mean, at, the, at, the, at its peak for us um, and one of the best players in the world in his position at the time um, and his importance to the history of the, the football club can't be overestimated. The,
0: the thing I said, I think, um, just after his, his death was the the fact that he scored um, two goals yeah. in European yeah. finals from fullback. Yeah. Now, just imagine that nowadays, like absolutely incredible I don't think it's, it'll ever be done again it's absolutely amazing um, incredible guy I love this quote from him in 2015 it's I can look back to Lisbon in 67 and remember everything like it was yesterday mm-hmm. I, do, I love that quote and the, the, the fact that it obviously things like that meant so much to them but I, I just wonder in terms of the Lisbon Lions if as they, they grew older and as they grow older if it they realise even more um, what, what they achieved it must
1: just be an absolutely incredible achievement and he was a, a big part of that Paul yeah he was and um, I don't want to be the, one of the guys that pretends he's in the know and all that kind of stuff but last week when um, they launched the, the Bobby Lennox Challenge Cup in Socrates, um I was down uh, at St Matthews Academy and, and Bobby was there and they had a, a projector on and the 67 game was on the highlights wheel and I was standing hmm. there talking to Bobby and he said, Oh there's Big Time up like, well, what what a goal that was. And then somebody chipped in with the uh, saying they can still hear that the the, the, the the shot, the thud of that shot um from, hmm. from when they when they watched it back in the day and um it was just brilliant to, to, to be able to have that first hand experience and the goal every time you watch it, it just gets better and better. Um I think the 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 fact It was was it Jim Craig that said that the two of them weren't supposed to be up the park at the same time, yeah. and the, the pass came from from, from Craig and and Gemmell smashed at home. What um, a revolutionary, revolutionary player and and one of the best and probably one of the more underrated players okay. that Celtic ever had.
2: I've got a quote here that might sum this all up, um, and it's from Hugh McIlvenny, and it's speaking about Tommy Gemmel in Lisbon, and he said, uh, ultimately. The element that impressed most profoundly was the massive heart of this Celtic side. Nothing symbolised it more vividly than the incredible display of Gemmell. He was almost on his knees with fatigue before scoring that thunderous equaliser in the 63rd minute, but somehow his courage forced him to go on dredging up the strength to continue with exhausting runs along the left wing that did more than any other single factor to demoralise Inter. So there
0: you go. Amazing. Amazing He won six league championships I think they they would have all been in a row Um, Three Scottish Cups In 65, 67 and 69 Four league cups An Intercontinental Cup runner-up um, and And the european cup winner of course um in one hundred and sixty six sixty seven um sixty nine goals in four hundred and thirty four matches from from fullback now I realize it 's a slightly different role than it is nowadays, but th- there was many kind of lots of discussion um, that, that Tommy game kind of redefined yeah. the role of the fullback and he was he was a pioneer, i suppose um in the way he played um would echo your your kind of thoughts, John, in the terms of if anyone wants to hear. Um, you two and I'm not even in it so if you don't like me that's <laughs> fine as well um, you two just chatting about him um, just after he, he'd sadly passed away it's a it's a really good podcast, really good lesson um, and I think it's one of those things as well when you see when someone um, does pass away and you see the kind of the outpouring after it and you see what they meant to the club and what they meant to the community and, and the people who, who knew them um, and even people who didn't know them like us um, he's is, is a, is a colossal figure in Celtic Football Club one I don't think that um, we can underestimate at all I think for that reason he's probably in at number G we will run through a few other ones there's one that, that got me kind of from, from my, my history and, mm-hmm. and looking at players and players I obviously wasn't around when this guy played Patsy Gallagher was probably yeah. quite an obvious one um, I think I'm right in saying he's maybe number 7 in the all time scoring chart something like that had an incredible record for Celtic um, 186 goals he was he was a massive player, I mean I heard um, all the stuff and, and this was this was a way back in, in the kind of early 1900s, it was 1911 to 1925 he played for Celtic over 400 matches and I think some of the stories, he apparently scored the most incredible goal ever in a Scottish Cup final against Dundee where um I mean I don't think any of us were there but I believe he, he basically skinned the whole Dundee team was then brought to an abrupt end inside the penalty box and instead of just settling for the penalty he somehow, and I, I was reading it and I was kind of thinking what, I'd love to see highlights if there was highlights from this but he
2: somehow did a kind of back flip into the net with the ball he did, yeah. kind of thing he did a score. somersault I think with the ball between yeah. his feet um yeah. Patsy Gallagher is actually I one of my good friends is actually a long lost relative of well not a long lost, but like a, a descendant of Patsy Gallagher incredibly. If you, mm. um I think he's his great great uncle or great 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 uncle or something like that. And so I think he's actually also related to Kevin Gallagher of Dundee United and Scotland fame. Um oh. a long line of Gallagher's in football and Patsy Gallagher's probably the prime example of, of that and uh, a great servant to Celtic uh, by all accounts and by all records and by all history books and, and there's there's loads of uh, records of, of that amazing goal and loads of beautiful written descriptions of it too um, so it's worth checking out if you've never heard that story Yeah,
0: it's just a, a shame uh, or a, a brilliant shame that we've got so many wonderful um, figures in the history of Celtic Football Club that Patsy yeah. Gallagher probably won't even find his way into into the or our alphabet. He's a an absolute um, another massive figure in the history of Celtic football club. In terms of the kind of more recent ones, is there anyone else that, that springs out to your mind just in terms of maybe people that um listeners will be more familiar with?
1: Uh, I think Peter Grantman maybe um some of the guys right. um kind of middle aged guys uh, growing up watching Celtic in the eighties. Um I think he was one of these these guys like Really got what Celtic was all about just before my time, but the stories of from growing up in the nineties and and harking back to to like the centenary year and stuff like that, and saying how how key Peter Grant was in the team, and I know he didn't play a, a, a load of games in terms of like some of the other folk that we've got now, but um, he he was always there for for Celtic for um, how how long did he play um, a few a good few years anyway right throughout the eighties and and obviously into the nineties as well. One couple of league titles, uh, four Scottish, Cup. Scottish Cups, aye. So, um, I think I think one one of the 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 most uh, the standout performances um the kind of the turn to, the towards the nineties. But during the the, the time where um, Celtic maybe didn't have that much success, but he was he was always there and epitomised the, the passion that, that the club has.
2: As I, just as I was starting to support Celtic, that was kind of um, when Peter Grant was kind of coming to the end of his Celtic career, but. Um, by all accounts uh, kind of maybe possibly a limited player I think maybe people would tell you that but someone who loves celtic and loved playing for celtic and i remember his performance in the scottish cup final in 1995 um, one of one of the great celtic performances of my lifetime and just ran himself into the ground that match um, i think he was supposed to be injured before the match and put everything on the line to secure a performance against Airdrie, um who were just there to as spoilers basically so we needed someone who was going to work hard and put in loads of graft and effort in the midfield and Peter Grant was that man and um, Tommy Burns paid tribute to him after the match and singled him out as the man of the match and that was an important trophy win so shout out to Peter Grant um, in terms of mm. other modern ones that I was thinking of obviously d- that wouldn't go in but just to to mention would be a league of this uh, the Green Brigade stuff like that stuff like that John Gadetti
0: Steve Guppy <laughs> Thomas Gravison. yeah um,
2: the, Green- the Green Brigade is quite a good one mm-hmm.
0: uh, of course Grand Old Podcast as well oh yeah um, <laughs> a few other wonderful um, staples of the, the Celtic um, the Celtic diet and the Celtic history Um anyone else because uh, as always we're, we're giving it to, to Tommy Gemmler I think most of the Lions are going to find their way into this alphabet yeah. it should basically be the Lions alphabet I think but they're, they're all um, well deserving of their place in there um, It just again just goes to highlight this alphabet how tough it is to make some of the decisions mm-hmm. because there's so many kind of big colossal figures in, in Celtics history mm-hmm.
2: yeah absolutely but to- Tommy Gemmler lands his place I think and yeah I can't, I can't overestimate how, how important he was to, to Jock Stein's team and to football in general in the late 60s and early 70s. So, fantastic.
0: Mm. Of course, his place in the alphabet isn't um, secure until Paul Fisher has christened it. So, uh, Paul, if you just want to um, just confirm for his uh, letter G of the alphabet. Letter L- G the grand old alphabet is Tommy Gemmell. Fantastic. Um, we'll move on to St Johnson. Now, the first question uh, right here we've got written down in our wee plan is does anybody care... Um, I would suggest that <laughs> probably
2: not. Oh, it's it's I care as much as any other Celtic game this season. I think I think we've always known we're going to win the league, so I understand that it's there's less um, there's no stakes on this game. But I'm interested. I'm, I'm interested in the game. I'm interested in the lineup. Um, obviously, Scott Brown's going to be missing because he's suspended. Um, so we'll be interested to see the midfield. Will we we'll see um, another start for Abou Um well, we see perhaps one or two youngsters getting a game now. That that kind of, uh, I mean, Rogers was talking about the the semi final and the Rangers game were like a peak of a cycle. So you might be mm-hmm. uh, tempted to throw in a couple of youngsters for this one, um, and we'll we'll see what happens with the match. Um, Saint Johnson's always a tough game, and they always make it an entertaining game. I think, um, so I'm I'm interested in the, in the match in that sense. Yeah, Saint John'son after the split are usually the ones that end up beating us. Yeah. The, the last
0: team who yeah, beat us are. domestically, yeah. um, I've certainly remember a few times they've beaten us. I suppose the fact we're at home maybe makes a slight difference. Uh, I know Well, to be fair, they've beaten us twice in, in the last kind of eight or nine years at a Celtic Park, one 0 both times. But um, they do usually you feel a bit more secure when you're at home to Saint John'son. I think we'll be fine. I think we'll maybe. I don't know, because I was going to say we maybe rest a few players, but it's not really a tough fixture log at the moment. It's not as if we've you got any mid-week games. So I, I wouldn't be too worried about throwing out a pretty full-strength team. We may, maybe see a couple of, maybe one academy player, Calvin Miller, someone like that in the team. Um, but I, I, think, I think we'll win the game. Uh, I hope we do win the game. But then again, I wouldn't be massively surprised or disappointed if we don't win the game. Of course the main thing is We we want to try and keep this um, Unbeaten record going I think that would just be I almost feel like We'd maybe kick ourselves slightly Maybe not now But a few years later If we thought Oh God we went and ruined that Four games from the end By losing at home to St Johnson I think we'd be a wee bit Disappointed by that um, so I'd like to see us it's going win the game again but I've got no, I've got no worries about the team um, none of us predicted 5-1 at the weekend <clears> there somehow so we'll try again and, and we'll go for, for Celtic home St Johnson starting with you Paul 2-1 I'll go for tight game but we'll have enough to, to finish them off 2-1 to Celtic yes. mm. uh, 3-1 Celtic for me I think St Johnson will score as well I think it will finish 3-1 oh, yeah. um, so yeah both teams to score maybe a good bet there um, just a wee side point do you think they can catch um, Rangers because they're only what, six, uh, 6 points behind it's probably a wee bit tough um, with not, not too long in the season to go but do, yeah. do we lie down and give them the 3 points a la Hearts in 2006
2: well the thing is um, I feel like there's every chance of like proper implosion at Ibrox uh, over the next Couple of months, we've already seen the disquiet about the, this kind of the preseason holidays and uh, players um, already not happy with Kashinia and and the way he does things. And Kashinya accusing the players of not listening to him at hand last week deliberately. And obviously that result, I mean, it'll say a lot about him as a manager, about the way the, the team responds over the next few weeks. Um, I think there's every chance that they could go on a run of defeats here because they're playing very decent teams in the in the top six and it's going to be difficult for them. So who knows? Certainly, John, I believe you are doing a bit of Georgia Samaras loving oh, over the last, I know. Uh, last what, week or so. Yes, so I mentioned on the podcast I'd made a video and I'd made a video of Georgie Samaras and after I'd made the video for the next five days I couldn't stop thinking about Georgie Samaras (laughs) and about 11 o'clock at night on Thursday I was watching Question Time and it was rubbish um, and I hate politics right now so I was just looking for something to, to take my mind off it so I looked up some Georgie Samaras stuff and immediately it all came flooding back and He was one of my favourite players for a time Um, Certainly in that season 2012-2013 I think he was one of our best players that season Um, And so I wrote A piece about him that's up on the website um, Just kind of About how I felt about his time at Celtic And uh, the perception of other fans And kind of his journey from that First moment against Kilmarnock that Made so many fall in love with him to Kind of his final seasons And and the, the sticky part in between Where he wasn't the most popular of players um, and I love Sam I think he's a, a very good player for us at points obviously an incredibly frustrating player for, for for a lot of games too and I, I, I wouldn't shy away from that but as a player and as a man I, personal to me he was great with my nephew um, my nephew had leukemia um, he's fine now he made a full recovery but um, for, a, for a while it was uh, tough for, for us and, and the family and um, my nephews were lucky enough to be mascots for a game at Tanadice mm and they got to meet the players the day before the game and stuff Um, and obviously my brother took my nephews along and um, my nephew took a shine to George Samaras in particular and Samaras was so good with them like went out of his way to make sure that he felt special and was his pal and um, they were actually warming up at Tanadice and um, my my nephew saw Samaras and Samaras stopped his warm up and came over and, and spoke to him and treated him like his best pal and it was that was that was really great for us at the time, and um, well, uh, he will always, no matter how good or bad he was, he will always be one of my favourite Celtic players for that. So, I wanted to pay tribute to him this week, and um, he's a player that resonates with a lot of people. So, a lot of people were also enjoying the memories of Samaras. So, I'm pleased to have been able to do that over the last week. So, that's that's the site. What's been going on on the site over the last seven days? Yeah, Georgia Samaras. Just touching
0: on him quickly. Um he always he had a a kind of funny knack of making things look incredibly easy at times you think to some of his his favourite or some of his best goals some of his his favourite goals among the Celtic support they all just seemed so easy he almost had that kind of elegance about his play at times where Mm -hmm. um, things just came naturally I think he was a a terrifically talented footballer Um, Mm -hmm. he perhaps I think it's fair to say he, he perhaps wasn't the the incredible success um, of, of some other strikers in, in the, since the turn of the century no, but no. Um, I think he's a big fan favourite and, and I remember his, his final penalty against Dundee United and I was never more mm. nervous about anything Samaras <laughs> did um, than that penalty against Dundee United because I thought if he missed it and ended on that mm-hmm. note it would have I know it's just a wee thing it didn't matter at all but it did matter because it would have maybe ended slightly yeah. severely so I, I just I love George Samaras I think as you say he came into his own in that European that great European season he was a talisman he was known he was. throughout Europe he was he a big was. name in Europe Samaras because he, he was known from, was. from the Greece team uh, the mm. Greek team uh, and that kind of stuff and um, yeah fantastic um, Paul I, I believe some breaking news that our, our development um, league title bid
1: is over aye uh, unfortunately so um, despite a, a spirited comeback by the, the youngsters um, they couldn't they couldn't quite get over the line and get the win that they needed the, the game finished to each with um with Komarnik and now yep. Ham, the, Hamilton will be looking to beat Celtic to win the league after beating Ross County, so Celtic can can they'll have the kind of final say where where the league title goes <laughs> in terms of of development. But it's, it's it's quite maybe quite surprising. It's either going up to, to Dingwall or it's going to New Douglas Park. It's, it's just not
2: a well
1: team. Hamilton have a real mm. good set, don't they? Yeah, um. they do. Mm-hmm. So mm. so unfortunately not a, a an early title for another Celtic team, but. Um, probably going to finish second, so decent enough. Mm.
0: So you mean to say we have a, a say in Ross County possibly not winning the league?
1: Yep. Could we be
0: that? Could we be that naughty about
1: things? <laughs> we could, we could, we could <laughs> lie down to Hamilton if you want to to have a a, a west coast <laughs> bias against uh, the Highland team or something like that. But thats nah, it's. Um, I think they still have to go out to to make sure they finish second and, and as high as possible.
0: Fantastic. Well, a wee bit of uh, sports sound. Funnily enough, after that review last week, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, we've ended in a, a good positive note. There, we're well, not a positive note in terms of Celtic, but a good positive end to the podcast. Um, if you've had any thoughts on this episode, future episodes, past episodes, whatever, you can email us. You get in touch podcast at a grand all team dot com. You can do the same by leaving comments on our, our more active Facebook now with lots of good videos as well as articles and other stuff as well. That's uh, facebook Sorry, facebook.com slash fritzagrandold Old, and of course you get us on
2: Twitter as well. I think mm-hmm. two one k plus tweets in the last 48 hours. Yeah, it's incredible. The, the the weekend's been crazy for that kind of stuff. People were just thirsty for <laughs> for any kind of image or anything to do with this game at all. And um, so I kind of tried to oblige a little bit and and get sharing some good Celtic stuff. So it's been it's been good.
0: Yeah, as you probably know, it's fritzagrandold Old A U L D. Uh, as well on Twitter. Thank you everyone for, for listening, continuing to to share the podcast. Of course if you've enjoyed the podcast and you fancy leaving us a nice wee review on iTunes, that'd be fantastic as well. Um, be nice. it would be nice, yeah, it'd be very nice. But yeah, final thoughts,
1: Paul Fisher on the week that was ah, another brilliant week in the the wondrous season that Celtic are having under Brendan Rogers and I know we're not maybe not that excited for St Johnston game, but we'll we'll be looking forward to it and another three points and another notch on the unbeaten go uh, unbeaten run
2: <laughs> definitely anything to add john i will see last week we, we spoke about kishnia and brendan rogers comments uh, or sorry what they spoke about a hand in after the game in that kind of embrace and i revealed or uh, passed on information that kishnia had invited brendan rogers for a glass of wine ibrox after the match Aye. so I just wanted to to, to pay tribute to that and I wonder how that went. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: think that may well have been cancelled, but then again, you never know. You never know. know. Yes, on the note of wine, thank you very much. Um, Certainly a lot of whining coming from Ibrox uh, because we won 5-1 at the weekend. That's my final one of the week. Thanks very much for listening. Take care. We'll speak to you after St. Johnson game next week and hail, hail.